Oh, getting it figured out. Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Not working with not working with the full <laughs> deck here apparently. Oh, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode forty-seven of Bruise Less Trap, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer city across America. Uh, I'm your host Brian, and I'm Eric. I'm the co-host for this month of April. Brian, how, did you get a chance to go outside today? It was super nice outside today. It was actually. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I got outside uh, just before the podcast. Actually, I walked down good. to uh, the brewery that's right around the corner from me, Grist House. They had mm-hmm. a really good food truck outside. I got a buffalo chicken uh, sandwich that was delicious. It had fries on it. It had ranch on it. It had buffalo chicken on it. That's so um, Pittsburgh. That's the yeah. most Pittsburgh thing. But for yeah. people who don't know, it snowed here yesterday, and now it's you know <laughs> sixty degrees and sunny. We don't get a lot of sunny days here, so it's it's been great today. How was your day? What did you did you get outside? I did. We went um, uh, kind of the, a river trail. I'm I'm honestly blanking on the name. We kind of went down to Millvale and kind of walked that river trail. River trail. Yeah, it's a hard word to say. River trail. River <laughs> trail. I believe yeah. it's called the Allegheny River Trail. That sounds Allegheny River Heritage Trail. Uh, it's something I, like that. I believe it. I definitely believe it. <laughs> I'm excited to say I'm finishing up uh, some some new meads. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm a mead maker. Uh, I have one that's uh, buckwheat honey that I'm sweetening with bananas, flavoring with bananas. It's going to be banana buckwheat. Um, I have a Zambian honey mead, which is smoky, um, which I'm going to add some ginger and lemons to. And I have a um, very high percentage wildflower honey. It's like 18% that it's going to be oranges and rose hips. So making some pretty cool stuff over here. Wow. Crazy. Hello to all the subscribers joining us uh, from home. Uh, Hope your weather was nice. Hope your chickens were buff and hope your meats <laughs> were strong. Uh, <laughs> welcome to a special episode of Brews Less Traveled. Like usual, we'll be featuring an excellent brewery from Des Moines. I was, I was helping with with with, babe, uh, with my daughter's dinner right before I ran up here, so I'm a little flustered compared That's to right. I'm gonna starts here. Help you out uh, here. Featuring Fire Trucker Brewing Company. That's right. Another awesome so- brewery from Des Moines. Yes, absolutely. We have some cool stickers in in that box, which my stickers are already on my guitar cases. So sorry about that. And there's a really cool piece of of artwork there as well. There's a visitor's guide to sort of entice you to go to Des Moines, which it sounds like it actually has enticed some people. I know that there were some people from Chicago in the chat who were talking about possibly visiting Des Moines. And it does seem like a cool spot. It's not a place I've really thought about much until this month, and it does seem like it has a lot of cool stuff going on there. So I'm excited to uh, maybe one day check it out. We also have some beers here. What what beers do we have, Brian? And I was just saying, one of the coolest things about Des Moines was Fire Trucker Brewery. We have uh, their Escape American Wheat Ale as well as their Burnout Brown, which we're going to be drinking tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally we'd be talking to a guest, but however, this week we really couldn't make things work out. It's a long story, whatever. So we're going to do a little different approach to our later segment, second half of the show, whatever we want to call it. Yeah, I know you have yeah. something cooked up, and I'm I'm very excited to sort of see what you – because it's still a little bit of a surprise to me. I mean, that's a spo- spoiler for anyone. I know it's going to be a little bit of a story, some sort of history or something like that. I don't know much about it, so I'm excited to hear about it as well. But I'm also very excited to drink these beers. So you want to crack open a beer? Absolutely. Start with the escape. American wheat. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah, American wheat beer. 
Uh, Nick says, beautiful in Denver today. That sounds lovely. It's always beautiful in Denver. That's one of those cities that gets like 280 days of sunlight or something like that. <laughs> Coming from a city with like 70 days of sunlight, Denver can go uh, kick rocks with their <laughs> 280 plus days of sunshine. Not there Denver, are more Denver days goes. in um, more sunny days in Alaska than there than there were in Pittsburgh, I think, last year. I need to get me one of those like uh, one of those one of those happy lights. You know what I mean? Yeah, ones, yeah. yeah. help yeah. your uh, help with your your seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, that's right. Cheers, Brian. Ooh, that's nice. Definitely American. Oh, man, not too uh, half half a y Yeah. So before we sort of get too too into talking about these beers, I've been very excited about these two in particular, the wheat beer and the brown ale, because neither of them are styles that are my go-tos. Nothing really against them. I just, I find myself not going after those as much. And so I'm excited to almost revisit them. Not that I, again, have given them up, but just something I don't go to a lot. So I meant right off with this Hefeweizen, or yeah, with this with this wheat beer, it's not so much like a Hefeweizen, which yeah. sometimes honestly turns me off a little bit. Sometimes it can be it can be done really well, of course, and then sometimes it just sort of feels like the balance of it might not be right. But that's not the case for for this one at all. It has that that sort of flavor that I can only really describe as like marshmallow. I guess maybe coming from from some of the wheat. There's like a there's a little bit of a sweetness to it there that always reminds me of marshmallow. Um, are you getting any of that, Brian? Yeah, there's there is a sweetness. I could see I could see marshmallow. For me, it's just a little malty sweetness. It's balanced nicely yeah. by some hop character. Nothing too strong. They say it has 32 IBUs in it, so nothing yeah. too crazy. Nice drinkable beer, and certainly something that you could crush all day. What's five yeah. percent alcohol? So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is definitely an 4. all day 5. drinking beer. Very very sessionable in, in that way. And I think because when it comes to a a wheat beer, I mean, the first thing I notice is that it's not super hazy. It's not very hazy like like a hefeweizen, but there still is some haze in it there. Which again, just sort of, I think I think this is a very balanced wheat beer. It's it's not too much in in any direction, and the the yeast is very clean for this. Um, so you get a lot of the sweetness from the malts and from from the yeast without it being too much in any direction. Like you said, it's not very bitter, um, just sort of balanced bitter bitterness there. Not overly sweet, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I like this one a lot. I'm probably going to drink this whole thing uh, over the next 10 minutes or so. So watch me. I'm going to get really burpy. <laughs> watch me. Uh, Fire Trucker was a really cool brewery. It's up in Ankeny, just like north of okay. Des Moines. I think think north. I probably should have looked at a map before I said that. You I know what? North. If I only had a map uh, <laughs> to look at. It is, in, it is in fact north, very north of, of Des Moines. Um, it's uh, The name Fire Trucker comes because they are in an old... The, the the old fire hall of mm. the city of Ankeny. That makes um, sense. And I had a very lovely visit there. Uh, the bartender yep. Shelby was wonderful. She was a wonderful host, hostess, whatever is the proper way to yeah, say sure. that, whatever. Um, uh, showed me around, gave me great beers. There were great people to talk to. They were getting ready for their Valentine's Day celebration, as you can see behind us. Oh, right. It's hanging from the ceiling. Um, just a really cool, cool place. And I played my favorite game when I go behind the scenes at a brewery, which is very Pittsburgh centric, as is everything <laughs> I do. It's find my local breweries on the wall of stickers in the brewery. Oh. <laughs> could, could you find any? Absolutely. Uh, Grist House, yeah. East End. There might have been one or two more, but that's those are definitely that's awesome. the ones I remember. 
Um, but yeah, anytime you, th- there is one massive sticker wall at every brewery, mm-hmm. and on that sticker wall, I always try to look for, hey, there's a local brewery. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, I, I do try to, I don't really go out of town a lot, especially in the past few years, but I do always out like town. to have some stickers out of town. And I've been, I think the farthest I've really gone is up to um, Bahava, Maine. Um, and I always like to slap slap a few stickers around up there. Yeah, that's that's a cool idea. Well, actually, I wanted to ask him, and it seems like you answered the question, but um, that's interesting about the name Fire Trucker and why it is that. Because when I first heard this name, it like conjured up images of not being in a fire truck, but rather like a trucker that's like delivering fire. That is that's where my mind went to for the name. Is like it's a trucker that has fire in it. it has nothing to do with a fire truck. What, yeah, I don't know. What is this? An anime show? That they're yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's all anime. Fire. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. So um, you, you have something special in store for us this this evening, correct? Yes, I do. It's a soundboard. Oh my god! <laughs> he just no, I... he just killed the show. He just killed the show. People are gonna leave. <laughs> Or for uh, for those that joined us for the Twelve Beers of Christmas, another experience uh, by Bruvana, and joined us for New Year's Eve, and were fans of the soundboard, congratulations! It's back. I only have four sounds on here this time. Ugh. It's not. It's not going to get played. It's really only it's, for like two things. It's. Okay. it's <laughs> it better be for nothing. Is what it should be for. I mean, it's for the sake of amusing me and annoying everyone else so eric um yeah. today we are recording uh today we are recording on uh it is it is wednesday april 20th as we mm-hmm. record and that date has long been associated with uh smoking marijuana mm-hmm. put it bl- bluntly oh oh my pun god not, pun not intended but okay all right it sounded very intended um, but okay <laughs> uh some might even call this a holiday uh, especially if you own a pair of weed leaf pajama pants. Uh, so given today's date, I would love to talk to you about the intersection of beer and cannabis, the sure. commonalities they share, their intertwined history, and some modern attempts at combining the two into a magical elixir that <laughs> uh, it gets d- regulated by every government agency known to man. Yeah. Have, no, I, have, just just as a first impression. I, I mean, okay, I don't okay. know that much about Lovely. like the history or the. Um, are, are we about to ask me if if I've ever smoked weed before? No, I wasn't going okay. to ask you that. I wasn't <laughs> going to put you on the spot like that. But if you would like to answer that question, to be honest, I I really don't. Um, I mean, in college, okay. ten years ago, yeah. I mean, I played in a band called Bakery, and that <laughs> yes. So it uh. <laughs> Yeah, we were not good. We were not a good band. Um, was there a weed leaf in the logo of the band? You'd think, but no. Um, okay. But we were the people that would bring all of our own lights to our shows because we were like, it's got to look trippy. I'm sure we were terrible, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> who really knows? Uh, so it's not something, I mean, I there's some people that are, are into weed so much as that that we are are into beer. They know so much about, I mean, I don't even know what to what to refer to it as, about cultivating it, different strands, this and that. And, and I don't know anything about any of that. So I don't know if you're about to enlighten me a little bit or or what. I, I, yeah, I guess so. I, I, I was going to ask, uh, have you ever had a weed infused beer? No, you've not. Okay. No. Have you ever seen them out and about? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, that question went nowhere. So wonderful. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, all the thing. time. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eric, read the script. Come on. Um, so uh, Eric doesn't have a script. This is a secret for him. Um, we're, so we're despite off the books. The, these these weird weed infused beers being they're they're kind of a new thing. The, the, the earliest traces we could find of them go back to like 2009. Uh, but but cannabis and beer, they go way back. Like, okay. like way, way, way back. As some listeners may know, or Eric, you may know, uh, cannabis and hupilus lupulus, the uh, technical term for hops, are actually closely related, uh, sharing mm-hmm. many of the same components and characteristics. You could call them biological cousins. Hmm. Um, and and that relationship goes way, way back. Okay. Way, way back. You, you mean the relationship between just the hops, or do you mean using um, using weed as a bittering and flavoring agent in beer? No, I found no uh, evidence of that, actually. Okay, gotcha. Um, th- 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 those two plants go back, uh, biologically speaking, like 27 sure. million years. Okay, um, that makes so sense. Like, yeah, like 25, 27 million years ago, cannabis and humulus lupulus were actually the same plant. There was only uh, what is known as cannabis sativa. It's a certain type of weed. This isn't a weed show. We're not going to go too deep into that. Eventually, hops would evolve from that. I think right around 25 million years uh, is what we have good evidence. It's not like super, super set in stone. The biological record is shaky at best. But hops like a, a wetter environment, a wetter climate to grow in, whereas cannabis traditionally grows better in like a climate with, with really dry winters, especially. So they kind of split off in, in, in that regard, somehow gl- growing and developing in different areas and, and just through, you know, genetic selection and, and right. or natural selection and, and evolution, they, they kind of split off. So hops and cannabis share a key ingredient that uh, they, they, they kind of took when they kind of separate, separated and went their separate ways. And uh, there are these organic compounds known as terpenes. Do you know what terpenes are, Eric? Terpenes. Terpenes, Terp- yes. N- uh, man, I feel like I should, but I don't. No, what's a, what's a terpene? Uh, so terpenes are organic compounds that are partially responsible for the flavors and aromas that are associated with hops makes sense so you know hitchhiker brewing locally yeah. here in mm-hmm. pittsburgh they have a beer called mercine ipa okay do you, you familiar familiar no okay uh, uh no no i'm not actually <laughs> okay so they have a beer called mercine mercine is probably the most common uh terpene in hops it's the smell that you would identify as hop smell like how the yeah. hop fridge smells at the homebrew store or mm-hmm. what it smells mm-hmm. like when you walk into a brewery and they just add hops to a boiling beer that is mercine and, and you're saying that the that uh compound is also found in marijuana absolutely okay uh, it has a bunch of other different prominent terpenes and so does so, so do hops and they all come together and contribute to the different flavors that make up uh different hops and, and contribute to the oil levels that are in different hop varietals and cannabis is the same way they don't have as much it doesn't have as much mercine in it but the terpenes in cam- cannabis play a slightly different role they okay. actually have a lot more to do with the effect that a particular strain of cannabis i think i think we should maybe go into that like there's styles of beer and there's varietals right. of hops there's different like strains of cannabis so you could have different sure. 
uh, names that the, 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 when people say funny names like Northern Lights and mm-hmm. and uh, I can't uh, OG yeah, I mean, Kush and stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are referring to the different strains and terpenes really have a lot to do with like the the variance between those different strains and actually have an effect on the user, a psychoactive hmm. effect on the user. Is it because that there are is it it's it's found in maybe greater amounts in marijuana versus um yeah hops? Yeah, they're different. They're different terpenes. Myrcene doesn't okay. have similar effects. They're found in greater uh, quantities, and it's also that kind of matrix effect of there being other psychoactive chemicals present, such as THC and mm-hmm. um, CBD and all these other fancy things that are in there. Uh, okay, well, I don't want to. I don't want to skip ahead. I, like, I don't want to, you know, cut out your story or anything like that. But you talked about THC infused beers. Are are there beers that are bittered with with marijuana, hemp, something like that? Um, no, if I they found, have. Yeah. No, I found no evidence of that, and that actually okay. kind of at all. I know I asked the, if they did that back in the day, but still, okay. Well, I mean, I I mean, I did I did lim- I did limited research for this. I you know gotcha. I looked I looked things up for the past you know five six days or so but it's not something sure. that's like written about far and wide i, I couldn't find right. any books that are specifically like stoners and in, in beer <laughs> um which, right I mean, we'll get to it in a little bit here but basically every that's the, that's the story of american homebrewing is you could call it stoners and beer but yeah we'll, fair we'll that in a second they also contain uh they also both contain resinous glands that create the acids and hops and the cannabinoids in cannabis so the stuff that makes the thc and also the acids that are in the hops and maybe this speaks to a little bit of what you just said in terms of using cannabis as like a a bittering element in in beer that never has happened because the alpha and beta acids in hops are really what contributes those bittering qualities to beer and as far as i know that doesn't happen with cannabis plants Okay. One of the major differences. Gotcha. Cool. Um, we have we have someone in the comments saying that there's a, a lot of cannabis beers on on Untapped, um, and yes. maybe it's because we live here in Pennsylvania, where laws around marijuana are still pretty strict, pretty still pretty controlled, that we really don't see them like at all. We don't. And we'll, we'll talk to one. We'll talk about one eventually here. Uh, I have in my notes that that made its way around here, and a couple did with with different terpenes and actually beers made with hemp. Um, Again, we don't, it's not legal work. It's not like, we're not like Oregon. We're not like Colorado. We're not like Michigan. We don't have recreationally available. I I do have a question here from the chat that I'm going to relay to you. Um, I do not know the answer, but perhaps you might. Actually, I think I might know the answer. Uh, Nick is asking, what hops are used to make dank flavor like in Sweetwater's 420 strain? And I believe there is something called G13. Am, Am I correct in that? Or that's a different, that's a different beer. No, no, that's great. That's that is that that is one of that's one of the variants that 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 Sweetwater did was G13. That's actually the name of a of a weed strain. And they tried to mimic that by using terpenes. But also there's aromas that are like that's the obvious indicator to most people that that, that they have a shared genetic lineage. Like if you smell if you've smelled either of them. At, at hmm. any point, you kind of mm-hmm. get like, oh, that kind of smells like that. And that kind of uh, a dank smell, as the kids would say, is most, <laughs> mostly due to something called methyl mercaptans. Um, and specifically, Columbus hops, Summit hops, and Apollo hops are loaded with meth- methyl mercaptans. And that gives it that that dank 
very weed-like smell, uh, especially mm. Columbus. If you've ever had uh, beers that are that are hopped heavily with Columbus, uh, especially certain certain yep. using it in certain uh, connotations, they they that'll really get that weed quality. And but I think those those G thirteen beers benefit from actually uh, they use actual terpene extractions in those. Gotcha. Well, and, and, and kind of in that um, in that wheelhouse, just for our, our audience and, and our uh, guests that are joining us here, just sort of understanding hops and, and how they relate to beer, not just on a fundamental level, but on a flavor level of different kinds of hops. Uh, I mean, hazy IPAs are a really great way to do this. There's a local brewery here um, that it's going to be the same base malt, and then every month they're going to just use a single single kind of, of hop. You can also make or search out beers called Smashes, stands for single malt and single hop, um, and it's a really good way to to get a sense of you know what these hops do if they're more bitter if they're more flavorful dank citrusy all those sort of things and that way because i mean we we all know that there's so many hazy ipas out there in the market that you know when you look at one and it says hopped with so and so you can get a better idea of oh this is the one that that i like this is the kind for me versus you know i, th- I believe we know someone who hates simcoe hops it's, it's, yes hates simcoe hops so you know but he knows and he, he knows a lot, but he knows that that is not the hop for him. So maybe there's a hop out there that you love or that you hate. Yeah. Shout out to our mutual friend. Be- well, B-Dog. before. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, before we sort of keep going, I feel like I feel like I want to crack open this brown. You want to you want to crack open the, the brown ale? Definitely. Let's do it. And that's a good time to do it because we're going to stop talking sciencey stuff. And then we're going to talk American history here. I do Let's have on my um burnout brown here. My my mitochondria shirt, the powerhouse of the cell. So I feel like it's the perfect time to talk about sciencey stuff. Brown yeah. ale. Okay. Of the cell. <laughs> it is. Cheers, everybody. Still pouring. All right. Cheers. All right. Cheers. I'll cheers you again. Yes, it is time for another Scotty and uh, Pat. I also really like this brown. Eric, what are you thinking? Okay. Yeah, I need to I need to sort of sit with it for a second because um, I just got right. a lot of foam there. Well, so like I said, browns and really a lot of darker beers are never my go to. I think I just don't necessarily have the palate for it, maybe because I always get a lot of sweetness. And I think that I generally like bitter and, um, you know, more more malty things. So let me sort of let me sort of take another sip here. Yeah, while you dig through that, we're going to get started into our, our story here and, and we'll get your thoughts. Okay, yeah, let's let's do it that way. So, Eric, as you may know, the Pilgrims, <laughs> they landed on Plymouth Rock uh, because they were actually running out of beer. I've heard this story before, yes. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> not surprising enough, it's, it's kind of hard to make beer on a boat, so they landed quickly. Some would say illegally landed at Plymouth Rock. They were, they were trying to make it to Jamestown, the colony of Jamestown. So they landed because they ran out of beer, and they were supposed to go to a colony called Jamestown. Jamestown was a colony where uh, actually the residents of that were historically known to grow cannabis and more specifically hemp. It was integral to the growth of the early American colonies. Our early uh, founders would tell colonies, especially Jamestown, to uh, grow more hemp to help create textiles, which the colonists could sell, which could fund the early days of this country. 
Great. Sorry, I wasn't listening to that at all. Yeah, I've just been thinking about this brown ale. Listening to that at all? No, I was like, Brian will finish up at some point, and then I'm just gonna launch into this brown ale. I hope everyone else was interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this brown ale. So I had to think about this because, again, brown ales are not my my wheelhouse here. So. The first thing I get is, is a lot of sort of sweetness from the malts, but really sort of what it ends with is, is a good amount of bitterness. Am I am I crazy in thinking that, Brian? It's really Not sort of bitterness, like a, yeah. like a, a maybe a burnt sugar raisin yes. character. That's that's exactly what it is. There is is a burnt sugar, and I think maybe especially comparing it to the uh, the wheat beer that we just had, that maybe it it feels a little bit more more bitter. Um, just comparing it to that. Mm-hmm. But it do get, I mean, I think burnt sugar is like really like the perfect word for this. There's a little tiny bit of nuttiness, but I think overall it's those roasted sort of toasted notes that you that you typically find in a brown ale. So as as a non-brown ale, non-sort of dark beer drinker overall, this is a beer I can drink. This is because it's not really one way. It's, it's still pretty balanced between the bitterness and the sweetness. And um, I think I'm going to enjoy this one a lot, Brian. Um, you were talking about Jamestown. Yeah. And you weren't listening and being rude. I heard Jamestown. Service. I heard Jamestown. Yeah, your opinion, man. <laughs> okay. Well, <like laughs> Thank I said, you. I'm limited. I'm limited on my soundboard here. So eventually the colonies would get the American Revolution upgrade pack and we became a full blown country with a president and a government and states instead of colonies and the first president a uh, guy named george washington maybe maybe you've heard of him uh mm-hmm. actually grew hemp on his plantation at mount vernon so directly hmm. tied to the founding of this country the uh growth of the country early on and the first pre- president uh would actually grow hemp on his plantation what was it primarily used for so hemp is very good at becoming uh it's a very good textile maker so they could use it f- uh, to make rope it makes very very strong rope you could use it to make uh, paper. You could use it to make clothes. Pretty much okay. anything that you could make yeah, textiles. Sure. I mean, nowadays you could. There is potential to turn it into plastic substitutes. It's, yeah. it's very, very, very versatile. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew all that. I just wasn't sure if it was in, in that time frame. They primarily used it for rope. Uh, like, rope you know, if there was rope, a main. Okay, clothing, gotcha. Yeah. Stuff like okay, that. They cool. definitely weren't like turning it into plastics or making uh, <laughs> a hemp beer with it. Right. Uh, so eventually, cannabis would find its way into pharmacies in the mid-19th century. Yeah. Pharmaceutical uses for it, much like other uh, recreational drugs that people know about nowadays, such as cocaine and heroin. Those rec- people, you, are you, people say I'm a recreational cocaine user. Like I'm a rec- I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, think, I think people I that have drugs. problems try to say that. You know, they're like, I just do it recreationally. I'm like, yeah. no, no, you don't. Other drugs that you may be familiar with, such as cocaine or heroin, also saw uh, this kind of pharmaceutical use around these times. And at the same time, mid-19th century, brewing was exploding throughout America. You know, thanks to innovations in brewing techniques, and especially thanks to Louis Pasteur isolating beer yeast, every town in America had a local brewery through the 1800s. And uh, things expanded, but both wonderful substances would take a hit at the turn of the century. By 1900, there were 29 states with laws about cannabis, uh, while the temperance movement, with their push for a more Puritan society, was ramping up. And in 1913, the first state would make it illegal to sell or use cannabis without a prescription. Can you guess which state that is? 
Is it or that's Pennsylvania? State that it is, is it not. Ours? No, it's it's, oh. it's a state that you would not suspect. Uh, nineteen uh, thirteen, California, Colorado, or New York. California is correct. Okay, yeah, yes. Uh, they 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 made a poison control act in nineteen oh seven, which made uh, previously mentioned drugs like cocaine and heroin uh, illegal to use without a prescription. And they had an amendment in nineteen thirteen to uh, add cannabis to that list. As we know, in 1920, prohibition was ratified, and the manufacture of alcohol would become illegal for 13 awful yep. long years. Yeah, long Boom. time. Yeah, uh, uh, around this time, cannabis is being demonized, mostly through, uh, let's be frank, racist accusations using jazz musicians and yeah. people of color. Yeah, and, Richard uh, Nixon uh, and Kissinger were not... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm just gonna leave it at not. They were not. We're 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 not we're not into uh, Tricky Dick and uh, yeah. Mr. Kissinger yet. Uh, Kissinger Ooh. is actually still over in uh, Germany, escaping gotcha. a uh, getting ready to escape a very terrible thing that would happen over the next yes. 15 years there. Um, <laughs> but this isn't a podcast where we're going to talk about Harry Harry Kissinger, <laughs> uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, Harry Anslager is the uh, God. I'm off. I'm off on a tangent. You're getting excited. <laughs> Harry Aslinger is the person who really took this on because after alcohol became legal again in 1933. I'm leaving. <laughs> Aslinger uh, was a big fan of prohibition and he would turn his sights and the sights of the newly created Federal Bureau of Narcotics towards cannabis. Cannabis was effectively then made illegal on the federal level in 1937 with the passing of the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937, as you would guess it. So fast okay. forward. We're going to okay. fast forward like, yep. like, gotcha. like 30 years to the 70s. The area of the hippie is in full effect. People start liking weed a lot again. Mm -hmm. They liked it before. Uh, but now they're, they're a little more open. It's coming out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, a lot fewer people also start liking uh, good beer. Uh, some of hmm. those people are the same people. <laughs> Even fewer Makes of sense. those people are the same people. Uh, those people would eventually uh, get into the hobby of homebrewing. Some of the hippies that were homebrewing during this time, uh, while enjoying a joint or two, would eventually go pro and kickstart the craft beer revolution through the 70s and 80s. As we all know, craft would grow through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Eventually, brewers would attempt to combine weed and beer into one powerful beverage uh the earliest examples of this was humbled brown hemp ale made by humbled brewing company in 2009 does the name humbled hmm. ring a bell to you at all does that humble out in any any significance humbled no so humbled county is part of what's known as the emerald triangle in california where they grow more weed than any other area of the United uh, States. So this brewery that's in the area takes some hemp seeds, they toast them, and they add them to this brown ale, and they release Humble Brown Hemp Ale made with toasted hemp seeds in 2009. And that's huh. kind of the first like uh, commercial example we have of people trying to, to meld the two. And this was, this was an example made with toasted hemp seeds. They added it in there. I would suppose entirely for flavor and characteristic and sure. some sense gimmick, dare I yeah. say, to some sure. degree. Well, have you ever had a, a, a beer like that where it's oh, yes. toasted? Yeah. So not, not, any... toasted, not toasted hemp seeds. Okay. We'll get to that uh, in a second, though. 
We'll get to it now. Uh, in 2018, <laughs> New, <laughs> New Belgium released their, their Hemperer HPA, their Hemp Pale Ale, uh, that saw wide possible national distribution, maybe? Question mark? Hmm. Uh, it, it was here in, in Pittsburgh one day, and uh, I was at a bar, and someone ordered it, and I walked by them, and I thought that they had like a bag of weed open in their hands as they walked by me, because that's how strong that beer smelt. Like, wow. Like, I was in retail at the time, and we would have uh, distributor wholesalers come in and say that they would hear from bars that would complain about getting the smell and taste of that hemperer beer out of huh. the draft lines because yeah. anything that they put in, anything that they put on that draft line after the hemperer was on there, it's just gonna taste like it. <laughs> tastes like yeah. that hemp beer. So, so there there are examples like that brewed with hemp byproducts, toasted hemp seeds. Um, I'm not sure how New Belgium did theirs, but there's also uh, terpenes, our old friends from mm -hmm. earlier, callback, uh, mm -hmm. make another appearance. And in 2015, Dad and Dudes Breweria. I love that uh, name. Dad yeah, and Dudes cool. Breweria? A pretty cool name. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, in Colorado, uh, they released their Indica IPA and Sativa Double IPA at the Great American Beer Festival. And both of those beers were brewed using different cannabis terpene oils. Hmm. So after this, terpene oils have become the preferred method of experimenting with cannabis and beer. It's important to note that both types of cannabis beers, hemp and terpene infused, offer no psychoactive or I was just about to effects. ask. Okay. Um, but they rather add a new flavor component for brewers to blend into the matrix of flavors hmm. that happens when you ferment a thing and, and have this crazy biological reaction that does all these things to the flavor compounds that you put in there and creates these whole new flavors. And I think that's what it, why it's appealing to brewers. You know, obviously it originated out of this like, whoa, it's weed is like hops man they're like the same they smell the same they're cousins like right and now it's like well there's a lot there, there is the scientific approach where they're kind of coming back to it from well there's there's biological relatives here there's terpenes that are present in both of theirs there's these these oils that contribute to the flavor and experience of both of these these compounds these 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 things hops and and cannabis and what if we could add those flavors without adding the bitterness or the vegetal character that can come from hops? And that mm -hmm. really, in my research, has been what breweries like about it is that they can add hop terpenes that can get those bright, those yeah, bright like uh, it's, dank it's, flavors. Yeah, without it's the bitterness. a flavor, right? It's it's almost a flavor that's hard to describe because it's just the flavor you know of itself. If if that if that makes sense, it's just sort of the flavor. Like I don't know. It's it, how do you describe the flavor? It's hard, right? It's a unique flavor. It's kind of earthy, vegetally. kind of like hops, vegetally, but not overly so. Yeah. Um, so there's, yeah, that's interesting. There's, just there's another citrusy, like just like hops, there's citrusy, yeah, flavored ones, sure, berry flavored ones, and mm -hmm. I think that's what's appealing to the brewers yeah. is so let's let's bring this new element in. Let's play around with this, like. Beer at its core is four ingredients, and the more things that you could add into there that are going to give you more tools to play with yeah. within reason is, is cool. I mean, yeah. I say within reason because like, I'm not going to try to advocate for people putting whole cakes in their beer and stuff like that. But uh, Whole cakes? Yeah, bro. You haven't seen that? You haven't seen the memes of people throwing like whole whole I, cakes and like I have. donuts um, in the beer? 
I mean, there's a brewery around here that puts cake mix in in their beer, and I think it's okay. But <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know it was a thing that I just thought it was a gimmick. I guess. Yeah, if that's what you like, you yeah. do you. Yeah, you know. sure. Yeah, I I want to actually just real fast go back to this, this brown ale, talk about it for like a third time, um, because now that I've been drinking it and sort of am away from from the sweet beer, like all that bitterness I was getting is is gone, and really it it tastes it's so chocolatey to me now. It's very sweet and chocolatey. Is primarily what I was getting. Like I I think some of that bitterness was coming from the wheat beard, so like just the overlap of your on my palate there. But now that that bitterness is like gone and it's like I'm drinking like, yeah, like chocolate. It's delicious. Yeah, it is. It so is I have nice. to say is about it, it. Is it starting to is it starting to warm up? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So one um, of the funny what, things in, yeah. in doing my research for this is I read a lot of the I read a couple of those um, millennials will kill this articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and many folks thought that CBD and hemp beers would take over the market. And uh, millennials will kill normal beers with their fancy. Oh beers, no! It's really funny to read. Um, I'll only go to happened. Applebee's if they have CBD beer. <laughs> yeah, um, and it almost looked like it would happen. Like I mentioned in 2018, at New Belgium would release their Hemperer with like I thought wide national distribution. However, uh, after that, um, and some success with Sweetwater's G13 series and their Terpene series. Uh, Johnny Law has stopped many breweries mm. from experimenting with terpenes and especially CBD, the non-psychoactive pain-relieving compound found in can- uh, cannabis. Uh, Ford hmm. cracked down on it hard, uh, but as some of our wonderful subscribers have mentioned in the chat already, places like Oregon, Colorado, Massachusetts, you can find terpene-infused hemp infused beers on tap and i would i would suggest trying one i i really like the hemper when i tried it i've tried the sweet water ones locally here at hop farm they had an ipa that they infused with terpenes that was really nice and expressive without being too overly bitter um but it wasn't super juicy like a new england ipa it was it was really really nice it was it was a beautiful beer and uh, i'm excited to see what more brewers can do with them as you know restrictions loosen up and, and yeah you can experiment more yeah you'll have to let me know next time something like that pops up because like that that was totally off my radar and i definitely want to try it out i'm also interested in um i'm a mead maker and there's tobacco honey and i wonder if there which i definitely want to get a bunch of tobacco honey and make a mead out of it and i want to call it good news cigarette juice which is a, a joke from a tv <laughs> show that probably only brian and i know but that's all four right people get yeah, yeah there's like four people get that but i wonder if there's some sort of like hemp honey out there and where i can get some and how i play around with it yeah i think that's uh that's that's our takeaway from this is we need yeah. to find we need to find some hemp honey. well and, and it sounds like i mean i'm reading people in the chat like people are saying all these great great ones that they've had the the hemperer someone just said uh terrapins in athens has a hemp ipa called jazz cabbage um <laughs> this is which is a great name phenomenal i mean that's not it's just not something that's like on my radar a lot and it's something that i now want it to be on my radar so i'm hoping if there's a listener out there that takes away anything from this it's to it's it's basically like there's a new style of beer out there you know how many ipas and brown ales and stouts and stuff like that have we all had and like this is a 
something new that you can try, you know, without putting cake in your beer or making it blue raspberry milkshake IPA. Yeah. Put drugs in your beer. That's okay. <laughs> That's basically what we're saying. Don't put cake in your beer. That's not what we're saying. Use, use uh, scientifically crafted, extracted terpenes and, and hemp's to, to add more flavor compounds, but like. And partake responsibly. Put drugs, drugs in the beer. No, don't don't do that. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think there there will be long long way before we see any kind of cross between psychoactive drugs and, yeah. and alcohol that is that is strictly regulated by the FDA and and is is highly highly illegal to adulterate alcohol in that way. So um, yeah, I I agree. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, it's, a, it's a fact. It's not, <laughs> what do you agree with? That's that's well, that's I agree are with you your not facts again. No, I was thinking about this brown ale. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, final thoughts? No, I don't think I have any final thoughts. I mean, uh, these beers have been great, both of them. I, I definitely enjoyed them, even though they were outside my style. It was nice to, like, try something a little bit different and learn about something that's a little bit different. So this whole episode, for me, has really been educational, I'll say. Um, and I'm sorry that, uh, you know, that fire truck uh, couldn't couldn't make it, but I'm very excited that his beers could make it to my belly. So <laughs> cheers to everyone that's that's still out there. And thanks again for having me on. I think next week is my last week I'll be on. Is that correct? It will be a, your last week. Sad, for now. sad day. For now, for now. that's right. If, now. The, if the people request me, I will be back. You hear that? Uh-huh. Right in. Say we Look, want we more. Got- we got that thing. We, we got we got that thing. We got more months of Bruce Less Travel coming. We got the 12 beers of Christmas coming up in eight short months. Y- you'll be back on some semblance cool. of a live stream that I host, and we drink beers, and we make dumb jokes and references that two other people understand, and, and we have a good time. So Cool. Whatever. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks to everybody who made it to the end here, making it through uh, that episode, that different episode Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thanks to Eric. To yeah. Thank you. Thanks to Eric for co-hosting. And of course, like Eric said, thanks to Fire Trucker for the great beers. You can check out more from Fire Trucker at firetrucker.com. Uh, have you been thinking, dang, I'd like to try beers from a new Uncharted Beer City every month? Well, then, by golly, you're in luck. Uh, check out the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club at brewvana.com and sign up today to get beer shipped directly to your front door. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, untapped, at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with some great beers from our final featured brewery in the city of Des Moines, Kinship, a brewery that actually just released a collab with last week's brewery, Exile. Hmm. Cool. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll be back with our normal format, which will means we'll have a guest, or possibly two, from Kinship. But until then, stay safe. Be kind and smoke weed every day. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Support your local breweries. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) Good night, everyone.